0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God given destiny through the power of His Word. Have your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms. We are in a series called All the Fields. Come on, somebody say, The Fields. This is about feelings, it's about emotions, it's about moods, and one of the things that we've talked about in each installment, and again, I think this is a great principle, a great baseline for us to consider, is that feelings and emotions, they are gauges, but they're not guides. They dial us in as to where we are, and they report to us, but they don't rule over us, and so it's good to know that God's created us with the freedom to feel, but we're not a slave to how we feel. Can I have a better amen? And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 37. And the feeling that I want to talk about today is anger. (laughs) Did you just hear that groan? yeah we're gonna talk about it we're gonna peel it back and i love the psalms because the psalms give us permission to go there aren't you glad we don't have to have some stained glass approach to god but we just keep it real Uh, i mean we're not fooling anybody anyway how many know the only person you're fooling sometimes is yourself everybody else already knows especially god he knows where we are and so this is an important topic i want to talk to you about anger I may, may, I may make some of you mad today. That's all right. We're going to deal with it. Psalm 37. Let me give you a quick uh, background to this chapter. Many scholars believe that Psalm 37, it's a psalm of David. He wrote these uh, this particular psalm, but wrote these words. And most scholars believe that he was near the end of his life. He's in his twilight years. So in his golden years reflecting on Uh, different episodes and experiences and he pins these words out of reflection it's almost like i I just pictured in my mind if if i were sitting with my grandfather and i had a chance to do this before he passed away my my papa was 92 years old he was married to my grandmother for 70 years and before he passed away i just spent some time with him i said papa tell me about life Tell me about how your life was. Tell me about some of those memorable experiences. Tell me about what you've learned and what God showed you. How many of you know that conversation would be really important? Drawing off the wisdom and learning from the pain, you know, hearing how he processed life. And and so here we find David in his latter portion of living, and he writes Psalm 37. But it's interesting to me, and if you know the story of David, he had a lot of highlights, but he had some low lights as well. You know, he had some tough moments, even as a a young shepherd boy. When Samuel came to his father's house to anoint the future king of Israel, his dad had totally forgotten about him, didn't think he was king material. And then once he received the anointing to be king, many of you know the, the chapter, I think it's 1 Samuel 17, where he faces Goliath, and he shows up onto the battlefield, and all of his brothers are like, boy, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You're just a kid. Get on back to the sheep. Well, he kills Goliath and becomes pretty popular. And then the king, King Saul, wants to kill him. We talked about that last week. Here David carried the anointing to be king, but was living as a fugitive, fearing for his life. Uh, When he was married, his his wife made fun of him and mocked him. Remember the time when when David led the processional of the Ark of the Covenant, coming back into Jerusalem? The Bible says that he worshiped and he praised, and he said, I'll be more undignified than this. And his wife looked from the window, and she just made fun of him and said, well, look at you. you know, I mean, think about these moments. He had trouble in his own life when he had children. He had a lot of issues with his kids. In fact, he lost an infant son as a result of his own sin. Um, one of his sons killed another son. In fact, it was the same son that tried to rebel and take the kingdom from David. How many of you know David had some issues? David had a lot of struggle, and yet in the final portion of his life, I mean, you could read a chronicle of all that he experienced and wonder if you would find an angry, bitter man. But instead of anger and instead of bitterness, you see a man that's at peace with God, he's at peace with himself, and he's at peace with his experiences. How many of you, you want to finish your life like that? I want, to, I want to cross the finish line, having peace with God first and foremost, having peace with myself, and then peace with my experiences. Here's what he says in Psalm 37, verse 8. He says, stop being angry. Somebody says, stop it. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm, for the wicked will be destroyed but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Look at what it says again in verse 8. He says, stop being angry. Stop being angry. In the Hebrew, that phrase, stop being angry, it literally means to release, to cast off, or to throw down. To throw down quickly. I mean, here's the picture. It's almost like, have you ever had a bug? Ladies, have you ever had a bug or spider crawl up your arm and you didn't know it, and when you saw it, you were like, ah! am i fellas anybody okay i'm gonna turn in my man card if i look down on my arm and i see a spider i'm gonna move fast i'm gonna throw something down the Bible's saying listen don't let anger crawl up your skin but get rid of it and and here's why because anger only lets you see what's in the moment anger will never let you see where it leads notice what the bible says here stop being angry turn from your rage Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. What's he saying here? That anger will send your life in a certain direction. Now, you only see, anger only sees the moment. But God wants us to see what's on the other side of that moment. It leads to harm. In fact, the Scripture is telling us that word harm in the Hebrew, it means this, to spoil by breaking into pieces some of you know what that's like because your anger has consumed portions of your life and maybe it's shattered a relationship it's hurt a friendship maybe you had a dream or a desire and that thing is in pieces now because anger has led you down a path now i know when we talk about anger there's this quick thought of well wait a second what about righteous anger what about righteous anger i mean if if god gets mad why can't i (laughs) <laughs> you're not God <laughs> newsflash newsflash just want to give us a heads up how many know it's okay for God to be angry but it's not a good idea for us to be angry well if God gets mad and there's this thing called righteous anger well surely I can get mad too here's the problem righteous anger directed toward a person gets very very tricky And in a moment, all of our anger appears to be righteous at the time. In fact, I think sometimes we use that label righteous anger to justify our own anger. Hey, I have a right to be angry. He upset me. She offended me. Did you see what they did to me? I am right in my anger. Come on, smile at me this morning. Did you know that the very thing you think makes your anger righteous is the very thing God will call you to forgive. Now, the wrath of God belongs to him. But last time I checked, I can't process anger like he does. And I'm not going to confuse myself with God. And I know this, he does not confuse himself with me. David says, listen, stop being angry. Get rid of your rage because it's leading somewhere. It's taking you to a place of destruction. Now, I want to give you several thoughts, and I want to make this as very practical as I can today as we look at anger. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing is this, and this might make you mad, but number one, (laughs) life is messy, and I've contributed to the mess. Mmm. Mm. Come on, somebody, somebody think, man, let's pack this Bible up and let's go home right now. <laughs> Life is messy, and you and I have contributed to the mess. Is it just me, or do sometimes we feel like everybody out there is a jerk except us? Let's talk about traffic for a second. Can we do that? <laughs> Turn your neighbor and say, he's going there. Sometimes I feel like everybody's IQ level is subordinate to mine. I don't know nobody else out there feels like that. But, man, the idiot is always the other guy, not, not me. You know, he's the jerk. You know, you, you're driving down the road. I'm driving down the road. man. Just me and Jesus, man, rolling. And then somebody pulls out in front of me, and it's like, whoa. I mean, I'm slamming on the brakes and thinking, wow. Did you not, you didn't see me? I mean, come on. You think you own the road? And then, you know, you get real close to them. You're like all up on their bumper, and you want to make sure they look in the rearview mirror, and you're doing like this. (laughs) (laughs) What? Hello? Hello? Did you not, in your mind, you're having this conversation. What a jerk. What an idiot. Your license should be revoked. I can't believe what you think this thing is just about you, don't you? Or the guy that's making a left turn, you can't go around him. He doesn't give the blinker to signal that he's turning left and you're thinking, blowing your uh, uh. hey, you got a blinker, use it. Hello, jerk. Life is messy, but guess what? I've contributed to the mess. Have you ever accidentally pulled out in front of someone you look both ways they weren't there the first time that you looked okay come on now nod your head nod your head now you know where i'm going with this i looked there i checked my blind spot he wasn't there before i made a lane change and then somebody's blowing the horn at you and you're like hey little grace here Hello, chill out. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm giving you the wave. I'm sorry. This is the friendly wave. You don't want the ugly wave. Come on, how many of you are with me? And then you're thinking, man, if he would just show me a little. I I don't do that all the time. I made a mistake. Everybody makes a mistake. But why is it that even in that moment, the other guy's still the jerk? Come on, are you with me? You know what we do? We want to be judged by our intentions, but we judge others by their actions. Mm, Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. You see, that person's the jerk. They should give us a little grace. That person's the jerk. They pulled out in front of us. Why is everybody else the jerk? Life is messy, and I've contributed to the mess. Okay, honest, honest story here, okay? Two months ago, my dad was in town. I'm like, Dad, let's drive out to Denham. I want to show you the Denham campus. I want you to see the progress that's being made. Man, we're going to open the doors of this campus. It's going to be fantastic. So we're rolling out to Denham, and I was trying to make a left onto Florida Boulevard. I was coming out of one of those little neighborhoods and I was trying to make a left onto Florida. There were two lanes of traffic coming this way that I had to cross to get into the two lanes of traffic going that way. Well, I, had, I looked to my left. Nobody was coming traffic is coming the other way so i'm thinking i'm gonna get in the turn lane and just kind of merge how many know what i'm talking about are you with me okay I'm, I'm gonna find that turn lane and i'm just gonna merge into traffic well so i pulled on out there was no turn lane so- Now, all this traffic is coming this way. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Somebody please let me over. Blinker, blinker. I got my blinker. I'm trying to get right over here. And I'm traveling the opposite direction down Florida Boulevard praying, somebody please give me a little space. So I'm rolling. And my dad's like, Mike, what are you doing? Dad, I got this. I got this. Fifty yards ahead, there's a police officer shooting radar. He waves at me and says, How many's ever been pulled over and you just immediately feel like a criminal? I'm gonna confess something. I will. I don't know what I did, but I'm confessing it. You know, so I pulled over and he's like, "Can you tell me what you were doing?" Now think about it. I got an officer in my window and I got my dad in the front seat. I'm like, "Sir, honestly, I I thought there was a. I'm not from here." Um, and and I'm I'm a little new to the area. (laughs) I thought there was a turn lane, and I was trying to, and there was and you just, okay, driver's (laughs) license, registration, all this. He comes back. He says, listen, you better make better choices. Have a good day. I was like, (gasps) hug, can we just embrace right now? (laughs) I just Can I pray for you and just pray God's blessing? I thank God for the police station in Denham Springs. Lord bless Livingston Parish. Now, how many of you know that when I got in my car and I pulled out from that moment, I was the most gracious driver in all of Denham. Hey, y'all, come on in here. Yeah, I'll go slow. You want to turn? Oh, God bless. I know you didn't mean to do it. It's okay, that blinker. I just feel... You just need to just be loved and valued today. (laughs) Why is that? Because I had received mercy. It's amazing to me how we forget the mercy God's given us. Come on. Life is messy, but guess what? I've contributed to that mess. Go to the mall today and hang out in the food court and just listen to the conversations around you. Nine times out of ten, you're probably going to hear people talk about, other things that others have done to them rarely will you ever hear a conversation you know what I've just messed up I owe that person an apology I need to make a confession I'm just so sorry come on we feel like in some sense our anger is justified I mean well if you knew what they did to me pastor you would you would condone my anger and yet David says stop being angry Get rid of that rage. It's taking you somewhere you don't want to go. Have you seen these guys on the street corner that, that preach? How many seen the, the street preachers? And I thank God for the message of the gospel. And I thank God for men and women who will take the gospel message outside of the church and put it on the streets. But my concern is about the angry street preachers. Those guys that are just, I mean, it's hell, fire, and damnation. It's almost like they get enjoyment out of condemning people. You know, angry street preacher. Now, n- nothing wrong with the message of the gospel, but the method has to change. I want to tell you this. Anger is easy. Love is hard. Get in there and love somebody. Come on now. Last time I checked, Jesus wasn't the angry street preacher. Jesus came with a different spirit, with a different message. I want to tell you this, too, and I think it's important that you hear this. This is for somebody today. God is not mad at you. Can I say that again? God is not mad at you. You're like, well, surely he's mad at sin. If God is mad at sin, then shouldn't I be mad at sin? (laughs) Okay, whose sin are you going to be mad at? Yours? (laughs) And if you're mad at sin... You're going to be mad all the time because sin is everywhere. Everybody in your work sins. Everybody at your school is sinning. Everybody in the office, guess what? I don't think there's a church full of sinners who are under the grace of God. There's a pastor who preaches and his life isn't perfect either. Can I have a good amen? God is not. Made. Here's the good news about the gospel the good news about the gospel is this God should be mad at us if anybody has a right to be mad it's God God should be mad at us but 2,000 years ago all of the wrath and the anger and the judgment that was due to us God set that on Jesus and instead of his anger coming to you it was his anger that went to Jesus and his love that now we are the recipients of can I have a better amen Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. You say, well, Mike, I got a reason to be mad. You may have a reason, but you don't have the right. God poured out his wrath on Jesus so that we could receive mercy. Number two, and you're going to like this point even less. Number two, we're too fragile and we give up too easily. We're too fragile and we give up too easily. This is a culture. Have you noticed how culture is just reaching a boiling point? I mean, being offended is our great national pastime. Everybody's offended now. Well, you offended me. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You know, I mean, the culture is just loaded with dynamite of anger and offense. Snowflakes hurt my feelings should have said that (laughs) you had a guy one of my close friends gave me this book unoffendable unoffendable the author is brant hansen i love i think everybody you need to get your hands on this book we're in our bookstore you can sign up we're going to order a bunch of them but when he first gave this to me i was offended (laughs) what what is this unoff what are you saying here I mean, really? Are you sending me a message? I'm the pastor here. What? But you know what? I've been reading this and it is slicing me and dicing me. Man, it's cutting me up and it's showing me how easily we are offended. I'm telling you, offense. You can turn on TV, you can go to your social media. It's amazing. Here's what I've learned about the devil the devil will set you up to get you upset. Hear me. The enemy of your soul will set you up to get you upset. People will use their platforms on social media as a megaphone to stir up strife. Trolls on media, social media saying this, saying that, and if we're not careful, we're caught up in it. Can I tell you something? When someone lashes out at you, many times it says more of the brokenness inside of them than anything about you. Can, can I say that again? Sometimes you have tirades and episodes and somebody kind of lash out at you and you're like, whoa. And, and, and if you're not careful, you begin to take that personal instead of saying, wait a second, where's this coming from? It, it, it probably speaks of more brokenness inside of them than anything that you have said or done. And I thought about it even in the church context. And this is a large church and you know, I make no apology for that. We're all about populating heaven. Jesus said in Luke 14, when I throw a party, I want my house to be full. We want this house to be full. You know, for Easter, 25,000 plus. Thank God for that. Do you know, in that context, there's probably a lot of hurt people, a lot of wounded people, and there are those who get mad at this church. Guess what? When somebody's mad at the church, guess who gets the email? Guess who gets the phone call or the text message, the Google review on Facebook, man? Somebody trashing the church because they've, they've been hurt by the church. And let me say this if you have been hurt by this church, I apologize. Our intent is never to inflict pain. People carry so much pain, we're not trying to add pain on top of that. So I do uh, apologize. But sometimes I'll get emails and it's just like I got an email the other day, it was like three pages. And, whew, bro, he was talking about me and talking about you. <laughs> hey, you're in there with me, bro. You're the church. I may, rep- I may be the face of him. He's talking about you, too. I mean, just hammering the church. And so, you know, when you first read it, you're like, your flesh. <gasps> okay. <laughs> I mean, smoke coming off the keyboard. I'm like, ooh, I got scripture for that. Ooh, I got a verse for you, baby. (laughs) Rachel, get in here and look at this. (laughs) And man, you just—how many of your flesh has a moment, right? And it just feels therapeutic. (laughs) oh yes. And then you go to press send, and the Holy Spirit's like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah." hear me, hear me, hear me. You don't have to say yes. To every fight that you've been invited to Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. you don't have to show up for every battle let me say this not every statement needs a response this will help us because sometimes that kind of stuff provokes and when you've been offended then you become distracted And now your your focus is not on your assignment. It's on putting somebody else in their place. Am I talking to anybody? Listen, we give up so easily. You don't have to show up to every fight that you've been invited to. You need to think, wait a second, nothing good will come of this. Yeah, you may win the argument, but you're going to lose the relationship. You know what I've discovered about the character and nature of Jesus? I want you to hear this. This is powerful. Read the Gospels and study the life of Christ. Jesus was never shocked at the immoral behavior of people. Think about it. And he had some wicked, evil, crazy, bizarre, dysfunctional situations he had to deal with, but he was never like, oh, my God, wow. Oh, wow. Father, did you see this? Can you tell Moses and Abraham? Get those angels to check this person out. Oh, wow. I mean, think about even the woman caught in adultery. Caught in the very act, the Bible says, that the religious leaders flung her at the feet of Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? It's almost like he was disinterested. He just starts drawing in the sand, just writing. The law of Moses, the law of Moses says to stone her. Jesus, what do you say? <laughs> Trying to provoke. Come on, don't take the bait. It's bait, all right? It's bait. It's not about this woman. They're trying to trap Jesus. The law of Moses says, stone her, Lord. And he's just not even concerned. He said, probably doesn't even look up. He's still writing. Okay, then stone her. But you that are without sin, throw the first one. And then what does he do? He goes back to writing. Listen, some of you, the script of your life has not been read the way you want it to. Jesus can rewrite the script. Bible says he wrote it a second time. Just kept on writing, kept on writing, and then one by one, what they do? They dropped their rocks. Listen, if you're always throwing rocks, hating the people that hurt you, life is hard. Oh, think about this. Jesus was never, I can't believe, I can't believe. I'm going to tell you what, the person sitting next to you, the person that's married to you, the children that you're raising, those that you work with, they are fallen in nature. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things and say things that fall short, but aren't you glad for the grace of God? Listen, don't give up on people because Jesus never gave up on you. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Don't give up on people. Some of you, you haven't talked to a family member for years, and you've just written them off, and God's saying, wait a second, don't give up on that relationship because I didn't give up on you. Number three, you may like this one. You didn't like the first two. (laughs) Number three, being angry is totally exhausting. It is exhausting. Some of you are emotionally spent. You are deplete. You are worn out because anger, it has taken its emotional toll on you. You've been so bottled up in anger. It reminds me of the story of the little boy who had such a bad temper. Lost his temper so much, parents didn't know what to do with him. His dad got an idea. Came to him one day and said, son, look, here's a bag of nails and here's a hammer. Every time you lose your temper, you go to the backyard, you take this hammer and nails, and you drive a nail into the fence in that backyard. Well, the first day, the boy drove 37 nails. (laughs) I mean, no, that's a bad day. It's a lot of anger. 37 nails in one day. As days turned into weeks, the the, the the number of nails that he drove into the fence was less and less until finally he reached a day where he didn't lose his temper not once. So proud came to his dad, said Dad, listen, today is the day. I didn't get mad not one time. I didn't have to drive a single nail. The father said, Son, I'm so proud of you. Now here's what I want you to do. For every day that you hold your anger and keep it in check, I want you to pull a nail out. So days turned into weeks and several months go by. He had held his temper for so many consecutive weeks. Finally, he pulled that last nail out, and he came to his dad and said, Dad, look, no more nails. Father said, Son, I want you to know how proud I am of the progress that you've made. I want you to look at that fence, though. Would you check out that fence? When I installed that fence in this backyard, it was brand new. Now, check it out. There are holes everywhere. That fence will never be the same again. And when you lose your temper and you say things, it's like driving a nail into somebody's soul. And you wound people. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you this? Speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. Speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. Anger is hard. Now, I'm going to tell you this out of personal experience. I'm going to just bare my soul to you because my parents went through a divorce my senior year in high school and me and my sisters i'm the middle child we all processed it differently and i never saw the divorce coming it totally caught me by surprise i mean we were the all-american typical church family my dad was a choir director my mom taught sunday school divorce was something that happened to other families not ours but when our family broke apart My older sister, very emotional, had a lot of problems processing it. My younger sister just rebelled. This man just got hardened. And You know what I did? I stuffed it. I stuffed it. I I didn't even acknowledge the pain. I'm going off to college. I'm playing basketball. I got a scholarship. I'm moving forward. That stuff won't even touch me, won't even affect me. And so for years, I just suppressed all of that hurt. I'm going to tell you this. Where there's heat, there's hurt. Some of you have anger, but anger is simply the symptom. The root issue is pain. It's pain. It's a wound, maybe from, from years ago, and you have, that wound has festered, and it manifests. And you, I, I remember the day that Alexa was born, our first child. I mean, this followed me into my adulthood. When, when Rachel and I, when she got pregnant with Alexa, the day Alexa was born, I erupted like a volcano. I was mad. I was mad at my parents. I'm going to tell you this. If you don't deal with anger, anger will deal with you. And, man, all this stuff. And so for for years, I'm telling you, for years, I battled anger. I was a pastor here on staff trying to help kids with their brokenness and dysfunction, not even knowing what to do with mine. And it zapped me of my energy. It it, it affected my friendships. It, 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 It affected how I treated my family and those that loved me. And that's when I realized, wait a second, anger is such a heavy burden to bear. Anger is exhausting. Now, there's a difference. You say, Mike, well, weren't you disappointed? Yes, but I believe there's a difference between being disappointed and being offended. Are you with me? You can be disappointed with a situation, with an individual, with a circumstance, but don't let that thing grow into offense because disappointment creates offense. And then when you're offended, you know what happens? That person that offended you is occupying space in your mind. Come on now. And some of you have been living with an incident or a situation for years. And that person, that person is occupying precious space. How many of you don't have brain cells you want to lose? I need all the help I can get. I have a hard time remembering things. I don't want to waste time, energy, or brain cells. Come on, somebody. That Rachel and I have an agreement. As we get older, I mean, we forget things. I told her, baby, you remember who we are, I'll remember where we're going. Some of you have allowed somebody to live rent free in your mind. And God's saying, it's time to send them an eviction notice. It's time to pack their bags, set it to the. Cur-. Now, I'm not saying literally, I'm saying in your mind, emotionally. It's time for you to make a decision. No more. You're taking away. You're robbing from me. You see, anger takes. Yeah, yeah, we feel justified because, ha, 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 I'm going to show you. I'll never be hurt like that again. I'll never be mistreated like that again. And the walls you put up for your protection have become the walls of your prison. mm mm I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus said to Peter, well, in fact, Peter had a question. Lord, if somebody offends me seven times, how many times am I supposed to forgive them? Seven times. How many days are there in a week? Seven. You may be offended every day of the week. Lord, if they offend me and hurt me seven times, how many times am I supposed to forgive them? What did Jesus say? Not just seven times, but seven times 70. Okay, well, wait a second. Four hundred. You mean to tell me, Jesus, I got to forgive that person 490 times? What happens if it's 491? Come on, how many have ever thought about that? Okay, this is the extent of my forgiveness, 490. But on 491, then I'm going to come at you. You know what? I think it's less. Watch this. Watch how this works. I think it's less that Jesus isn't speaking about you being offended 490 times. I think he says this. You can be offended one time, but in your mind, you pick it up 490 times. Your mind won't let it go. You go back to that again. Now, maybe they hurt you one time, not 490. They've hurt you once, but in your mind, you have gone back to that episode, and you've replayed that experience. In fact, some of you in your mind, and I know this because I am you, uh, some of you in your mind have made up what you would say to them. You've already played it out. Oh, if I ever get a chance, this is what I would say. Come on, smile at me, y'all. Jesus says, let go of that because it's exhausting. Anger will absolutely wear you out. Is this helping anybody today? Let me close. Let me close. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I'm going to ask the band to come up. In my house, I have no kitchen ability whatsoever. I love to eat, but I don't know how to cook. Until recently... I've acquired some skill in the kitchen. I make the best breakfast. I can make a breakfast. I lo- now, it's, breakfast isn't hard. I know some of you ladies like, Phew. hey, it's an it's a, a, a improvement for me. At least I can, I can scramble some eggs. I can fry some. I can make eggs that will beat Bobby Flay. I'm just saying. <laughs> the kids love it. On Saturdays, I'm the breakfast guy. Mama, don't make breakfast. It's daddy. Daddy's got this. Make the bacon, make the sausage. But I got those eggs. I've learned how to make eggs. Now, it didn't start out, you know, really pleasant. I've made a lot of mistakes. My first mistake, I didn't realize, it seemed like I would scramble eggs, and there would, you know, trying to serve eggs to the kids, there were more eggs that were just caked onto the pan than were actually on their plates. And Rachel's like, babe, do you know there's a thing called no-stick butter spray? I was like, tell me about that. Well, there's this thing, I got some Crisco, 100% extra virgin olive oil. She said, if you would spray that no-stick spray on that pan, I'm telling you, your eggs will just slide right off. Well, let me try that. Let's see how this works. You know what? She was right. It's amazing. I man! I can make the perfect eggs now, over easy, over medium, sunny side up. I can scramble them, but it's not going to be stuck to the pan. It just slides right into the plate. A little salt, a little pepper, a little Tony's, a little Tabasco. Come on, a little hot sauce. Talk to me. It's amazing. That little spray revolution. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if mercy came in a spray bottle? Here's the thing, some of you have been hurt and offended, and that stuff is just sticking to you. It is caked onto you. Now, you're trying to move forward in life, but you've got some stuff that's just hanging around that doesn't need to be there. And God's saying, I got some mercy. Now, if you'd spray that mercy in your mind, what they say is not going to stick. It's just going to slide right off what they did to you is not going to stick to your spirit. You need to put a little of that no stick mercy spray on your mind, on your spirit, on some relationship. Just shh. how many like to just before your kids went to school in the morning, just shh. I mean just douse yourself with that. So whatever the enemy is trying to get to stick to you, it just slides right off. You know what happens when you don't have the no stick mercy spray of God? He's got to take the brillo pad to you. He's got to take the steel wool to you. Come on now. He's got to rub some of that. Ah! God's saying, just trust me, it works so much better. My mercy allows those things to slide right off of you. The good news is this: the sins that we've committed, when they're met by the mercy of God, they don't stick. We stand before God he's not going to have a list of all the offenses of all the sins of all the I'm telling you if he did that list would be a mile long but when we stand before God he's gonna see the blood of his son Jesus and that if that blood covers you then none of that other stuff will stick to you if we've received mercy I think it's a good idea to give it Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 165 and this is perhaps my one of my favorite verses in all the Bible great peace Have those who love your law, and nothing shall offend them. What if you made a decision today, I will not be offended. I don't care what they say, what they do, the lies that they create, what's true or not, it's not going to stick to me. You can't offend me because the minute somebody offends you is the minute they own you. How many want some no-stick mercy? Come on, somebody. Come on, you receive this today. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.